This is CliffCentral.com. You're listening to The Bounce Show with Byron Karpinski. I'm Hugh Bladen, and it's on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Blades, and it's Ben Karpinski. Why didn't you tell me? Ben Karpinski on CliveCentral.com. Welcome to it. It's the Bounce Show. Almost the end of July. I apologize for not being in studio for the last two weeks. If you follow me on YouTube, which you really should, the Bounce, you'll see I've been very busy doing all kinds of things. Had a really cool week in the Trans Sky with my drone and uh, was flying around all these amazing things. I saw like a pot of dolphins, like 200 dolphins all in one go. It's amazing. And, uh, and then I crashed my drone last week. So these are all great highlights of my life that you can catch up with on YouTube. Let's go on to The Bounce. Right, so cricket's pretty much the big talking point right now. The Pro Tiers are about to, well, two hours if you listen to live, uh, in the third Investec test, they're about to take on the English. All momentum is very much with the Pro Tiers, the English, well, lots of questions. But then again, that was the case at Trent Bridge and the Pro Tiers managed to bounce back there. So if you go on to the Bounce of Cedars today, there is obviously a big preview around this and all the different talking points. Today, though, we're going to take talking points from the field of play to slightly off it. And uh, I've got Goodwill Moyo here today. Now, Goodwill is a guy that's, well, I'm sure his passion for sports, cricketing in particular, rivals, if not eclipses mine. But he goes a step further in that he's actually very much involved with brands getting involved with sport, resonating with their audiences, creating content that really kicks and just basically makes that whole seamless process from sponsorships to us fans, maybe getting what we want, getting closer to the game, all those different kind of things. Nice Bob Marley remix in the background. Today is a good day because it's sunny. It's a lovely day here in South Africa. And we've got so much sport to look forward to the weekend. There's also, of course, Super Rugby. Uh, we'll get into that if we've got some time. There's quite a lot happening in the world of swimming. Uh, massive, massive result yesterday for Chad LeClaude winning the tournament of Butterfly. Now, if you remember, that was the result, well, that was the event where Michael Phelps schooled him terribly in Rio, uh, and all those memes came out of the back of. Well, I wouldn't say it was sweet revenge yesterday, because obviously Phelps is now racing sharks, but uh, it was a big thing for Chad, and you could see how much emotion came flowing out yesterday when he won that. Um, yeah, let's not get too much into the headlines, it's not a great deal to go into. I know yesterday on the Gareth Cliff Show, which obviously in the mornings here on Cliff Central, I did quite a big talk around the rugby now, when I say the rugby, I obviously mean uh, super rugby. And it is something that's been, well, it's been taking a lot of flack this year as far as formats are concerned. I know we've spoken about on this show, we've crept on time and time again with people about how terrible the format is. Yesterday, I put together a little talk about how maybe this format is actually the fairest thing for super rugby. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying that because it is a bit of a silly format. But when you take on world standards, okay, world um, equivalents of like how you get so many different teams, different parts of the world to try play one event, to find something that's going to work for everyone is actually really near impossible. So the fact that we've got the four best teams in the tournament playing semi-final rugby this weekend, maybe we should be giving this format a bit more sort of credit than we already do. We get into this habit nowadays of just always bitching about stuff. So have a listen to that. I'll put it on the, the blog post with this um, podcast as well. There's something else to look into. Uh, and then, yeah, tennis, Djokovic is out with an elbow injury for the rest of the year. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. SAA just beat India A, but all the big talk is around this test series right now. 
So, let's get into our chat with Goodwill. All right, Goodwill, thanks so much for joining us in the studio today. Hey, Ben. Good to be here. Sorry for the little pause there. I always get confused if you're mic number two or number three because I'm not sure which number one is. Well, I don't know where I am. Well, you're just the right place. Now, I wanted to chat to Goodwill today because this is a man that knows a lot about sport. But to take it a step further, he knows a lot about the sport and the business side of things. You've got over 15 years of marketing experience, obviously sport mad person. Growing up, you played a bunch of sports, right? I did. Um, I played soccer in primary school. Uh, then high school, I was a rower. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually say you should, you should try have as many black dudes in your rowing boat as possible because we don't want to fall in the water. We want to get out of there <laughs> as quick as possible. But, um, and I played rugby in high school. Um, okay. Where'd you go to school? Since the end. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, good times, good times. And then, um, the r- rowing was tough because you had to like, get up early in the morning in winters. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's quite a taxing sport, eh? Yeah. Just in terms of uh, time commitment. So we would train out in Pretoria at Rotoplot. So you'd be getting home at like eight o'clock three times a week. Oh. Um, and also huge commitment from folks because you row at Rotoplot and then you've got the Vol the next weekend. So you got to, Put the boats on a trailer and head them through to the vault to be there for, you know, first race, 7, 7.30 in the morning. Still, it's your best chance of getting buff as a teenager, though. It is, eh? Um, abs, bud. Abs. Good abs in those days. Abs, good back, shoulder cons. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was all good. Um, and then, yeah, I played rugby. Played rugby at, um, at Vitz for, jeez, about 12, 15 years and then coached. At Vitz, coached under 19s and under 21s there, as well as, um, I was chairman of the club for two years. Okay. So I've played, I've administrated, uh, or administered and now, um, in the, in the business of sport, eh? Sport tech. Well, when you look at South Africa and how sport mad we really are, I've always found it's a very interesting place to be as far as getting into the business of sport because so many brands are involved in this stuff. Like I always believed when I started here on Cliff Central, right? Uh, Gareth said to me, we don't need sport. So I don't really have a, a role. And I said, you know what, Gareth, ultimately in South Africa, our sports stars are our rock stars. Sport is huge. Like it's a massive thing. And no matter which way you look at it, you're going to be involved in sport in one way or another in South Africa, which is a really cool thing. So. When you went from being, obviously, you're loving the sport, you're involved in the sport, playing into coaching, that kind of stuff, what was your sort of first step in towards making this this leap? Because a lot of people come to me and say, I want to work in sport. I always say that because they believe it's the best thing forward. What were your initial steps into this? Um, they were actually not intentional. So I was, um, I, my last corporate job was with uh, Nashua mm-hmm. and we used to sponsor the, you know, we had, we had cricket sponsorships. And at some point in my career, that became part of my portfolio. Okay. So I was group communications manager there. So started getting into the sponsorship, uh, kind of role. And then, uh, so very long story short, ended up going to open a branch of an agency in Cape Town mm-hmm. and we serviced South African rugby union. 
Okay, so so what year were you the the key communications manager here? So I was from two thousand and three to two thousand. Well, I was at National from two thousand three to twenty ten. Okay, the reason I ask is that since two thousand and three, things have changed a whole bunch. I mean, social media must have just blown many a mind in your career that you've gone ac- across. And judging where you are now, you've adapted brilliantly. I'm sure you've seen some people fall by the wayside, not adapting with how technology and media has evolved. No, certainly. I mean. You know, for me, what was amazing is I think it was in, around about beginning of 2010. I watched one of those Google Did You Know videos. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I spoke about there is kids going into varsity now are studying for jobs that haven't been created yet. Yeah. And I thought, what a load of rubbish, you know, and I studied marketing and I'm now in a totally different space. Uh, in 2010, we still called the digital space, you know, we called it new media. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's been stuff that's gone by the wayside. There's, there's been things that people have thought are going to be really, really huge that haven't been and, and vice versa, you know, but as, as we're kind of evolving now, we're starting to understand what's making our consumer tick and as brands, the other challenge has always been we've like when I studied, we, we learned how to speak to the consumer, but the consumer never had a voice back. Right. And now all of a sudden consumers have a, they are having the conversation. They are starting the conversation. You know, like you say, this whole sports conversation, the memes that, you know, the, the Chad Leclerc memes, that's people in their own time that are getting involved long before Chad's had a chance to, to say what he was doing in the change room before that race with, with Phelps, you know? Mm. So it's been, it's been quite a, quite a steep learning curve. But, um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I love every day when I wake up and, and, and face a new challenge. It's a very interesting point you make here because once upon a time I had a real job. Sometimes I go remind myself of this because it feels like it's been an eternity. I worked for a big alcohol brand and, um, my, I was like a guinea pig in a CRM process basically where it would be engaging with consumers. It would be engaging with the people out there, seeing what they like, like really getting the thick of things. And looking back now, it was, it sounds so primitive, but back then this was like the most cutting edge thing this company's maybe done. And their whole problem was, well, how are we going to deal with what people say about our brand? And they were so petrified about this. They were disabling comments where they could. They were, they didn't want to get onto Facebook at all. And you think like, oh my gosh, that was not so long ago, but it's just, how do people think like that? So you went to, sorry, was one of your clients. Yeah. And then from there, you eventually walked the long path into having your own business. Now, yep. what, what made you get into that? Because for some people, that's always the dream. But ultimately, it is far too frightening to even consider it, let alone do it. Yeah. So it was basically through working in this space. Um, we were a, a creative agency. So there was a lot of artwork. Um, when I was working with the guys and working in the space, I started seeing and reading a lot about what the guys were doing in the, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated with American sports business, not the actual sports, Likewise, but the, yeah. the, the business around sport. And I saw that there was a big gap in terms of what we were delivering. Um, and I started finding that technology is becoming a bigger and bigger player in this marketing process. Mm-hmm. So, First of November 2014, I moved into my study and decided to start this thing called Ideation Station with some tech that I'd licensed from the UK for creating content. Okay. And yeah, that was, that was the start of, of, of a beautiful journey that we've had over the last two and a half years. That's a really big step, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the American thing because people often, okay, look, for me, American sports are very long winded. They're made for advertising. 
and they're made for eating hot dogs and other f- things you want to clog your arteries with. They're far too drawn out. I mean, the NBA season, it's like 14 Super Rugby's in one go. We bitch about rugby. Yeah. But how they go about bringing the fans in, how they go about the business side of things, how they monetize the things, how they turn communities into profit, that kind of stuff. I find it so fascinating. Last year, I wrote an article for SA Cricket Magazine, and it was all about how are we going to get people back into cricket. You watch, I mean, I think it's still called, still called the Sunfall Series, the four-day domestic thing. Yep. If you go to one of those matches, you are 50% if not 100% of the stadium, basically. I always find that a bit off-putting. I know four-day game doesn't have a huge appeal. But then you look at the other sort of formats of the game. We're not getting great crowds in crickets. And I always believed in crickets, you'll never get a diehard Dolphins fan. you never get a diehard Cobras fan or a diehard um, Lions strike. I mean, I've I even forgotten what the team is called anymore. But in rugby, you've always had your diehard Sharks fans, your diehard Lions fans, that kind of stuff. Do you think that cricket has some very unique challenges that other sports maybe don't have as far as getting loyal um, domestic fans back all the time? I yeah, I do think I do think the numbers, the the bums on seats is an issue. But I think watch the end of the year. I think the global T Twenty League is gonna it's gonna change. The face of cricket because again it's going to take us out of i think if you look at american sports again if you look at the super bowl you know people south africans like we'll talk about the super bowl well, it's a big training event yeah. it's a big training event but they've also created a product that says okay cool if you love your football this is quality product but they've created peripheral Offerings that can take a guy who's got no interest in the football. You, therefore, the halftime show. You, therefore, the adverts. You, you know, like there's a whole bunch of different touch points that these guys hit, and they hit well that grow their that grow their numbers. But I think what what's also quite interesting, and, and I, I don't think that the cricket guys get the 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 credit where it's due, is if you were to look at from a social media perspective, which is a place that we're playing in, you wouldn't believe that the biggest Facebook page in South Africa, sports Facebook page, Federation, mm-hmm. is cricket. Wow. Over soccer, over rugby. See, now, I've, I've had some views in the past about sport in this country, and, I mean, look, I, I'll be the first to fall on my sword when I get something wrong. Cricket South Africa is one of the federations I've actually had direct uh, involvement with. And so I'm not surprised by that because I know what goes into it. But your average person wouldn't quite understand. So this whole thing about – sorry, I was going to bring something up that I just lost all train of thought. Um, the thing about core fans, right, every sport's got them. Mm. These are the people who played sport growing up or they just love certain things. But to grow any sport or any sport to survive, like you mentioned, it's these people don't maybe don't care too much about it. So the Super Bowl attracts people for entertainment purposes. It attracts them for whatever other purposes around sport. Would you agree that the biggest challenge for any sport in this country right now is just trying to get those those fencer to kind of people? Like cricket's kind of screwed if it's just going to be cricket core fans. Mm. Would you say it's a fair comment in the greatest landscape of, of South Africa right now? Yeah. Um, so interestingly, so I lived in Cape Town for, for five years. Um, you've got... You know, Newlands Cricket Ground is probably the most beautiful ground amazing, yeah. in the world. You've got Newlands Rugby Ground. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a cool kind of, there's habitual things that you do. You go at lunchtime, you hit forries, you have a couple of pints, but do you know how little of that I did? Mm-hmm. Because my biggest issue was there wasn't 
what is the better experience that I'm going to get? And that's why I got into the fan engagement space is we've got to be creating an experience that's going to take you off your couch. Mm-hmm. So one of, one of our, um, we've got a really, really good broadcaster in super sports. Almost which, too good. Yeah. Almost too good. So you actually end up having an issue where I'm going, but my man, I can sit on my couch. I can watch, you know, in July, I can watch cricket, I can watch Tour de France, I can, you know, there's, there's just all of the sport that I can flick from channel to channel, and it's all there. While I can grab my, my own beer. My own beer, chilling with my own people, you know, not having to spend a fortune to, to go to these things. But if there was a better experience, and that's why I was saying with the Global T20 Challenge, because there's cash coming into the game and the guys are really looking at, you know, we've been, we're going to have to sell out games. We're going to have to really make it because the TV product also looks better if the stadium's full. So sure. when we start creating those experiences that, that move you, that move you back to the stadium, that give you that kind of reason for going versus staying at home, then I think we'll get the crowds back. And you see it, I think you see it in, in, in bits and pieces. So, the Newlands test, you, you know, the New Year's test. That is... It's like an annual pilgrimage for me. It's yeah. an annual pilgrimage. And, and again, the funny thing about that is it's not so important who we play against. Yes, it's awesome when England are here because they, they bring the Barmy army and there's, yeah. there's a great vibe. But, you know, um, you can play India, you can play Sri Lanka. The crowds will come down because there's the dress up. There's, you know, there's a whole lot of other energy uh, Around the stadium That is not necessarily about the quality of the cricket Or the, the product of, of cricket down on the field So I feel that for us to get people back um, Especially when you're looking at You know, again uh, Our problem is that our consumer is getting older mm-hmm. So that crowd that used to go and watch Curry Crap Rugby Those are like 55 plus now All the nostalgia, yeah They're Yeah stay at home. You know, uh, we need to be getting the 18 In fact, younger than 18 Need to be getting the the youngsters in there, but their attention span is a lot shorter than ours. So what we need to be doing again, it's we need to be upgrading our stadia to bring in Wi-Fi. We need to be looking at how can we engage with the things that they like to do. Is there that Twitter conversation or you know social media and not just Twitter? You know what else can they do to keep themselves? Engaged in the game, so what data, what 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 information are we giving them to help them engage with what's happening on the field? Now, I had a feeling that maybe an hour would never be enough time for the two of us to talk. To talk, and the first twenty minutes confirmed this. Now, to touch on the stadium thing, I read recently, like the New York Yankee Stadium. Okay, you go there. There is a deck just for selfies. There is about four different themed kind of bars. There's about six different stations where you can get a variety of food, but we're talking like theme park kind of stuff. So whatever you want, it's all there. There's different areas where you can actually have viewing decks. And then the actual, if you want to go and sit and watch the game, that's almost like half of what the offering is now. So they're definitely catering towards that kind of stuff. Um, again, we're going to reference American sports. So a lot of these progressive things and innovative ideas. The Wi-Fi for me is a, it's a no-brainer. That's got to be a start point. Because if you've got that, you've got fans, obviously they'll go there and use the Wi-Fi for whatever purposes, but they're also going to share their experiences. If you've got no Wi-Fi, no one's going to share it. So now all of a sudden everyone's looking at like, oh, where's Jim today? Oh, well, look, there he is. He just posted this Facebook video. Mm. Guy's bowling with, with data, clearly. But yeah, it's a Wi-Fi thing. In your kind of estimates and your interactions with brands, how far away are we in this country for that actually to be a reality? A small thing, like just let's not talk about fancy selfie decks and Viewing bars and that kind of stuff. Just something small like Wi-Fi. It's hugely expensive. 
this was a conversation we had in the last couple of days. Um, the to get the to get the infrastructure, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is hugely expensive. But but like okay, touching on rugby now, but it's Vodacom Super Rugby. So is that not something they can write off towards a marketing expense because there's a synergy between us bringing you rugby and us en- enhancing the fan experience? Surely it's in their best interest. Hundred um, percent. That was actually where I was going. Is that there is massive opportunities for sponsors to come in with that. Yeah. Um, I want to take you. I want to take you on actually quite an interesting journey. Again, using American product, but it is something that we can we can deploy in this country quite easily. Is um, one of the MLS teams, uh, Sporting Kansas. They they were you know they're stuck in this thing where I don't know. It must be soccer must be like the fiftieth sport yeah. <laughs> favorite sport in the country. So they're like, how do you attract people? So they actually created a a digital team to come up with this kind of CRM program. So they came out with an app. Basically what this app does and their stadium is, is Wi Fi enabled. But everything for game day is loaded on this app. So you arrive at the stadium, you you swipe your phone, mm-hmm. so you buy your ticket, you load your you load your card, your credit card you buy your ticket via the app. When you arrive at the stadium, you scan yourself in. So if I buy tickets for 10 Oaks, I distribute through the app to all of the, the different guys. And what happens? Because right, there's nothing worse than staying outside like a doers with 10 tickets, 10 waiting, tickets for, waiting for, yeah, for well, that guy's late. Yeah. That guy's gone through the wrong entrance. So what happens though is that the, they've got this whole customer management system in the background. It starts becoming intuitive. So it says Goodall and Ben arrive at six o'clock for a seven o'clock game. They go straight to the castle tent and they buy two beers. Then they go up to their seats. We know where they're sitting because we gave them the tickets. Yeah. Um, then let's say 20 minutes later, you go down and you buy two beers. 20 minutes later, we get a push notification saying, would you like two more beers? Okay. Now we three beers in and it says, Ooh, you guys might have driven here. One of our sponsors is Uber. It sends you a message that said, have you had too much to drink? Here's a 10% discount on Uber. It gets towards half time. It says, ah, we know that last week you export burgers at half time. Can we deliver you a cheeseburger and a chicken burger at half time? So now when you start looking at, firstly, from a commercial perspective, all of those push notifications, can you imagine, you know, there's always that last 10 minutes of a rugby game when you don't know whether you should go and get another beer or not. Yeah. Can you imagine if they could deliver 20,000 more beers just because it's intuitive, what that does for, for brewery sales? So it's user experience plus actual manufacturer's profit. Yeah. So that's where the, that money to be able to build this infrastructure is by selling the sponsorship around. We can push your brand yep. to people, you know? Um, well, it's so often at the cricket, I think I really want another beer, but crucial stage of the game plus there's going to be a queue. But I'm willing to let the money go. Yeah. I mean, we've got your credit card number. So yeah. like you're paying for it, you know, but what also can happen there is you start doing stuff like, so we're watching a game and I'm like, wow, Habana's really kicking it. Ah, he is just off the charts. And it's like, this guy's tweeting a lot about Habana. Cool. Habana scores a try and it says, Mr. Moe, would you like a Brian Habana 11 jersey or one personalized? And I go, yes. And it gets delivered to me. It's printed in the back there. Delivered to me, Asics have just sold another jersey. You know, like, so yeah. it's those kind of things. Um, I buy a ticket and it says, well, you haven't bought for Ben. It sends Ben a notification saying, Ben Goodwill just bought a ticket. Would you like the seat next to him? Yes. None, none of this sounds too uh, invasive, you know, because that's another thing people believe that if you're so connected that it's going to encroach in your life. But none of this sounds 
Terrible Because you're a sports fan it's You're a sports fan You know what's the craziest thing I went to Twickenham in 2008 um, And only through social media Do I realize Another mate of mine From South Africa Is sitting in the same stadium But he's on the other side Of the stadium Like You know how lack it would have been If we could have all joined together yeah. Exactly. And so what, what this app does, again, it's also stadium management. It picks up people who've been conversing and it goes, well, there's 10 oaks that you know over there or some of your followers on Facebook, some of, you know, like we just aggregate all the data that we've got about a consumer to give them what feels like a personalized experience. It does sound like the smartest app in all, all of history. Well, but it's also, you, they take it to another level there. You know, there's something I, I still don't understand. Like we name our stadia north, east, south. I don't know which side I'm coming from. Mm. These oaks will give you the app will just say, okay, cool. We know that there's 30 par- parking bays available close to where you need to be. Cause sometimes like most stadia, I park on one side and then I walk and I'm like, I actually have to walk all the way around the stadium yeah. to get to where I need to be. So it's all of those things that start making, like you speak to people, guys like, I don't want to go to Ellis Park cause it's in a, I don't like the area. Mm-hmm. There's no parking. And you're like, those shouldn't be, those shouldn't be limiting factors. Exactly. Cause we go when it's a semi-final, then we go. Yeah. So what's changed? The caliber of the game's changed, but we should be going every weekend because the guys have made it easy for us to go there. But that's exactly what it is. And we've got such amazing stadiums, like whether it be cricket, football, uh, rugby, we've got amazing stadiums. And these again are, are great experiences. All these things you mentioned here. Even if you don't care too much about the cricket or the rugby, or whatever, all those things you mentioned there, you're not going to get that level of service or interaction or just novelty going to a bar, a bar or staying at home. Yeah. So now you're going to bring in the 50-50 years because that's how you actually get the big crowds in. And like you said, aging sporting population is the next generation. How do you entice them? You don't entice them by telling them what the batsman's average is. No. You entice no. them with this kind of stuff. But now, obviously, it's hugely expensive. There's a massive cost here. Private sector needs to kind of kick in here. Big sponsorship needs to come in. But so when you're saying like with this global T20 league that we're getting now, is that like a first step? I think from a cricket perspective, it definitely is a first step. So that is how we get towards the future where America kind of is playing already. But you see, what's what's quite interesting there is that you bring in private individuals who are running these teams. So so guys are bringing their budgets. Yeah. There's a, a minimum level of, of delivery that's expected from them. But... With that cash injection and with, with the kind of experience that the guys are going to be creating, we're going to start seeing more innovation. We're going to start seeing a lot more excitement. I mean, we've got, um, we've got some tech partners in India and the stuff that the guys are doing is absolutely phenomenal. Um, well, they've had to try the, the IPL for so long and they get to try all these different things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that should be at the, at the forefront. Okay. Look, this is all very high level stuff. Um, Currently, obviously, the online space is something that's growing and something that you're very much a part of. Um, you know, you're very involved in the crickets with your company. What are the things that you feel have really worked in the last few years that maybe brands didn't know about or people weren't trying? Like, like what are the things that are really sort of resonating with fans? Stuff that's resonating with fans for, from, from, from our perspective is, uh, and I'll use Cricket South Africa as, as, as an example. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm happy to admit that's probably the most progressive space to be in. Yeah. All the sports. But what, what they've done is, is we kind of call it serialized content. Okay. So it's like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. On a Monday, I know what I'm going to get. On a Tuesday, I know what I'm going to get. It may not be Monday, Tuesday, but you know going into a game what kind of content that they're going to start putting out. So funnily enough, if you go back, let's say, Four odd years ago mm-hmm. If you wanted information Around a certain sport You didn't necessarily go 
to the rights holder. You wouldn't go to a cricket South Africa to find out what the team lineup is. You know, right. like the the team lineup, what the score is at the current. You'd go to a Sport Twenty Four or or a Super Sport. Or you'd be reading newspapers still, yeah. Yeah, but when you look at someone like Cricket South Africa, they literally. I mean, I can tell you, in, when the toss happens, they're going to put out a post and tell us who won the toss. Uh, when a wicket goes down, but they're building through one of the platforms that we've got. They're building beautiful branded content. So the first sort of thing that I think they've got right is they're getting their content mix right. But also they're doing great visual stuff. Is it right that around 50% of stuff resonates a lot more because of visual stuff on Twitter in particular? Yeah. Um, I like think it, it started off as this small text-based thing, but now it's becoming a very visual platform. Yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, – 42 percent of of uh of shares of the most shares stuff is 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 visual best mm. so we and and so cricket south africa the the cool thing that they've done is on one side they've got branded posts that are going out branded visuals but there's some really really cool stuff that they're doing in the video space which is also the future of 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 where we're going so They've done a lot of the, the Protea 5 videos where they, they give us the behind the scenes stuff. Um, the guys, we were on this, uh, sponsors forum with the Cricket South Africa guys. Some of the clips that they showed us, just, they make you feel like you're, you're on the bus with the boys. And you also start seeing the personalities. Cause when you see a guy like Achisa Rabada, you see a, a serious fast bowler, but he's actually quite a, a happy go lucky youngster. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're starting to bring us into that space. Um, I used, I've, I've told another story. We did, uh, we did a happy birthday for my Debo with the Springboks, uh, oh, probably 2012 thereabouts. And literally it was just the Springboks standing there holding a cake and they're singing happy birthday to my Debo. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how funny Mornay Stan was. Now, no one would expect that. Exactly. You know, they just see him as a, Typical Blue Bulls fly half, you know, very serious. He just kicks. There's no flair, whatever, you know, like he's just the down the line guy. But he's a, he's such a funny dude. Jean de Villiers, the Joker, mm-hmm. you know. But again, like people think it's Captain Jean, but he, we don't get to see in South Africa particularly. We don't get to see who our sportsmen are, you know. So I think cricket South Africa or, or, from, or get enough reason why we should believe in them or why we should care about them. Yeah, because that also helps. Like you say, the behind the scenes stuff. If a fan has a connection, a fan will support. Yeah. Through the good times and the bad times. And in cricket, we do get the highs and lows. Our team is the best in the world. It's also the biggest disappointment in the world. Yeah, but, but you know, I think it's also, we're quite a conservative society. Mm-hmm. So what I love about that behind the scenes stuff is it takes us out of that cliche. Yeah. Because our guys, I mean, you watch a, you watch a, a post-match interview after a super rugby game and it's like, Ah, uh, you know, um, my Adrian Strauss, you know, yeah, we, we really have to take a really deep look in the mirror. And you're like, my man, you've looked in the mirror every time you, from losing with the box to losing with the bulls, but you haven't told me anything. Yeah. You know, you just, we've got to play for the whole 80 minutes. Really? How long is a game of rugby? It's 80 minutes. That's Come on. That's you know, we learned that in junior school when you first played the game. Yeah. You know, like he, they, are t- oh, the first, the first scrum is going to be the most important. Okay. Well, what are you telling me? You're telling me absolutely nothing. So when you get the behind the scenes stuff and guys are being, they're being their own personality and the guys is, is, is being a bit, it's a bit more honest and a bit more raw than the kind of we've been media trained and these well, are the spaces that we work in. You know, I often have this conversation with people because I actually believe teams should have spokespeople 
occur around okay so the post-match thing is the guy's out of breath but you can have a team guy come in there and say well look this is basically what happened in training we've been doing so well at this that guy dropped the ball we lost our shape then we try to do something else and these guys are just very good at countering that so we get a bit of insight but people always it'll never happen because you have to have the sports star but there's so much at risk if the guy goes off script he can lose a sponsorship he can be tarnished he can be all kinds of different public perceptions come around him. So I don't think we're ever going to see that change in our lifestyles. Go look at the American guys again. So those guys, when it comes to media training, they're really, really well trained. I mean, you, you know, just basic things like this is the team sponsor. So, you know, it's the standard bank pro tiers. You know, those are, so those are the basics of when you're having, when the guy's having an interview, those are the basics that he has to say. But let's get a bit smarter so we can train the guys. We can, we can have a script. But it doesn't have to be a dry script, you know? But also, do you not think maybe it's the role of the broadcaster as well? I've had this conversation with the broadcasters. So when you've got a halftime interview and the guy's huffing and puffing and now the guy wants to tell him about asking about he just proposed to his fiance. I mean, uh, I, hear you. I mean, okay, that was a one soft, but it's small things like that. It's got to be a, 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 like hand in hand here. You got to help each other out. Yeah. Look, uh, look, there's, there's probably more to it because also you give me a rubbish question. I'm going to give you a rubbish answer, you know, um, hard game. You know, like I'm bleeding my bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you think? Um, so you get that. I mean, I remember, I think it was John Smith. He was one of the best guys in interviews because he's, he's quite a smart guy, yeah, you he's, know, he's very cool and, um, boxer down at halftime and then they won the game and the, 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 the post match, the guy says, you know, um, what did the coach say say at half time to you guys? And he says, he said, play better. <laughs> you know, like what do you think he said? Obviously there was a couple of, of expletives or whatever, whatever. But again, you give me a rubbish question, I'm gonna come back with a sarcastic answer. Yeah. Okay, well I don't want to go too much off script on that one because again, we can just talk about this all yeah. day. So getting back to crickets, um there has been some brands that have been doing some good things. So from your position, say for instance I was a brand and I wanted to be involved in crickets, have you got like how does the relationship start? I mean, do you have a certain understanding of what fans really want in a sport and you see where the touch points are within the brand? Or do you take a brand and basically orientate them through a process of how they can get the most bang for being involved in the sport? Like, is there a process that goes involved with that or is it very much just a case of you've always got to feel it out with the brand itself? you got to feel it out with the brand because I think one of the things um, which is always a danger is sometimes the decisions to sponsor something come from much higher up. And they're not always strategic. Right. So, and I've had that, I've had that in, in the past where a contract gets dropped on your desk and it's like, this is what we sponsor now. And you're like, what does that have to do with what we do? Um, you know, we had SS Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. as Nashra and you're like photocopiers and bikinis. I, I struggle to, to see how I'm going to convince the consumer that these things are linked. Yeah. Apart from the fact that we did go into Bali with models. Yeah. Because I mean, like that's that's the reality. <laughs> I don't work there anymore, so that's fine. Um, but you know, so sometimes you you're sitting in a space where it's a non-strategic move, and now we need to panel beat something that makes sense to the consumer because the consumer is going to ask. He's going to be like, "So what is what is this thing that you're trying to say? Like, what's the relevance between brand A and exactly. sport A? What's, what's my reason to believe in you? Yeah. I trust you with this, but more often than not, you can find, you can find, you know, you can, you can panel beat a story. So we'll sit with brands and we'll create a story. We'll, we'll find what you call a quiet corner in a room. Mm-hmm. So have a voice. Um, our voice in Standard Bank is all about moving forward. Right. So, um, what's your next? So 
all our content is based on the next. So it's the next wicket. It, it, it's, it's how the game is progressing. So we try and always keep it. We'll try not, it's not often that we'll go off that script that says, Oh, you know, that's, that's nice and shiny. Mm. We have to say, okay, cool. The brand, the complete Standard Bank brand is about what's your next. That's the campaign that's running right now. So, mean, so that's quite a nice one. And within that, you know, you're going to create stuff that's going to resonate with people because it's a more progressive place to stay in. Yeah. But then what if it's something that's a little bit harder? I mean, like, how do you, in your mind, from your position, how do you get the insights that you need to tell a brand of where to go and to direct them in certain places? Should that be the case where you haven't got someone as progressive as, say, a Standard Bank? The brand's always got a voice. They have their sure. voice. Because that's the other challenge is that we're not coming in as we're not their marketing agency. So more often than not, we're being led by what, what the story is that the brand is already telling. And then we try and find ways and, and, and lucky, especially around the cricket space, you've got so many angles. You know, um, I was chatting to someone about, I I was chatting to, to someone from Specsavers and I was like, their, their quiet corner could be insights. Mm -hmm. So we give you vision into the game. Um, they already own the, the, the hawk eye space of things. Thing, yeah. So we could give you, you know, the man on the street doesn't, I mean, I, I actually never played cricket. So I've learned cricket sort of the hard way, you know, like just from, from, from reading and gathering information and listening to people. Um, people don't work out when they say, yeah, you know, when a guy gets caught on the pull and, and you're like, yeah, but it, it, it could have gone for six. And they're like, no, they planned for this, but, when you look at the Hawkeye, I mean, we looked at, um, there was a, a pitch map of, of one of, uh, Rabada's overs mm-hmm. and you could actually see the story unfold on. Yeah. So you go into Crick Info and you can actually see ball by ball. And it was like bang, bang, bang. And then one is just a little wider. And it's like, that's exactly where we want. We knew he, he we, we tied him down and then we gave him something that seemed a bit short, but the field was set for that shot that we knew he was going to play. So for someone like Specsavers, it would be they can own the space of insights. Mm-hmm. And because we also, you know, the dangers, you also don't want to be a brand that now tries to be an authority on cricket. Yeah. When like Standard Bank's a bank. So there mustn't be, the, our tone mustn't be like we authorities on cricket. We're authorities on moving forward and what's your next. So we will only give you stuff that is within our authoritative space. And just like with uh, with branded content itself, like something I always find interesting because I've been blogging and doing my my stuff since about 2010. And I know some things might work better. A lot of time it's a lot of trial and error. But when you're in your position, you don't have a lot of trial and error with a, with a client. They come to you because they want to hit their straps right away. They want all the engagement. You said you licensed some like a, like a way of getting the the products out there. How do you how do you trust that? Like how do you know it's going to work? I know this is a very difficult question, but someone with experience like you could potentially answer it. Like how do you know a certain kind of visual is going to work with the content you're throwing out there? How do you know a certain amount of frequency towards something is going to work? We don't. Simple as that. It's just no. Um, I think where we're lucky in South Africa as marketers is that. Because we're slightly behind the rest of the world, most of the so most of the tech that we've launched here has been going for quite a while in other areas. Mm-hmm. So we only license best in market tech. Right. Um, so I mean, our, our our content creation we've got an online uh, content creation platform um, that is used by the likes of Chelsea Football Club, Liverpool uh, Champions League. So we're working in with. We've, I have a case study on most sports. 
So we already know, okay, cool, guys, let's not even go into that space because it's been tried by someone and we're not going to get the best bang for our buck. Um, so, yeah, we, we're a bit safer where we are because we've seen this movie before somewhere else. That's a good point. I had a, a chance to go to that um, the SA Sports Summit Industry Awards thing and there was the president of La Liga was giving a speech. Very, very impressive speech because – you forget how big La Liga is. Yeah. And you, you break it down to social media and you get how big the audiences are. Like because of superstars like Ronaldo and because of Messi and those guys, it dwarfs all the Americans. And it's just crazy to think like when these guys play, firstly, they've got like 90,000 in the stadium, something that's anybody would love. That's big money. And just the general reach and your worldwide kind of, um, backing towards what's going on with the club. People are want to know about the club 24-7, whether you're in Asia, South America, North America, Africa. Everybody wants that news. How is it... Okay, you look at something like that and go, wow, I'd love to have that for the Dolphins cricket team or the Cape Cobras, whatever, whatever. Do you think enough is being done in a local space that we are at least making strides towards becoming like that? Or is it because there is smaller budgets and smaller audiences that we've only got a real ceiling that we could get to in this country? Um, no, I think strides are being made. So our kind of, our kind of model is we look at, at, at three areas. We look at content, we look at engagement, and we look at data. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your building, your building block is content. Right. So around our cricket space right now, um, our unions are putting together, and you'll see when we move into the domestic league, they're starting to put out good content. Mm-hmm. So that's, when we get that done, the next thing we move on to is how do we now engage? Right. So I'm just like, let's have a presence, a consistent presence, brand, CI, all of those things, you know, the, the kind of marketing 101 check boxes have to be done. So we're at that point now. This is a, it's a process. It takes, it takes time. Um, from there, we're going to start moving into our engagement space. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start having a bit of fun. And then we move into a data space. And the data space is, is, is both an input and an output. So from an input perspective, it's what I was talking about. Being able to unpack a game, unpack a wicket of how it happened. You know, to be able to take data, visualize it for the man on the street for him to see. So you've got 140 characters <laughs> to tell me how we got to the point of taking that wicket. Mm-hmm. That's one side. The other side is when we get to a point where we can get consumers to give us more data. So going back to the app example, because that's all it is. It's a whole bunch of data yeah. that then informs us how to speak to you. So, you know, if I, if we're running an engaging competition, the, the more kind of valuable the prize is to you, the more information you'll give me. Sure. So if I'm like, win a signed rugby ball, you'll be like, I'll give you my Twitter handle. Yeah. Okay. I say, I'll give you a bar. And you go, cool. What do you want? Your ID number. I did, we ran a competition recently where had to pay a dude. He gets an email from someone he doesn't know. Okay. I could have been a Nigerian scammer. Yeah. But I sent him an email and I'm like, Hey, well done. You've won this competition. I need your ID number, your phone number. Oh, just goes, yeah. No problem. <laughs> I was like, I'm sending you 10 grand. Where can I send it? And I was like, you know, so that data space is literally about once we've got all of the other pillars right, we'll get all the data that we need from people to then be able to market to them one to one and start drawing people and driving people into Stadia into, I mean, to me, it's got to be, you want to be at a point, like if you look again, you speak about uh, like American football is like Monday night football. Oaks are sitting at home and watching, you know, that 
having mates over and they're having beers at home. There's people that are going to the stadium. There's people that are going to bars. That's the responsibility of our sports is to be able to say, okay, cool. A bar's full. The stadium's full. And guys are brying at home getting ready for, for the big game. And it's a, it's a perfect world that I want to live in because we do have such great platforms. Like it breaks my heart, not that I'm a Bulls fan, but to look what's happened at Loftus. It's like a migration there. Like there's just no one there. Yeah, it is. But, it's, but like for me, that's a snapshot of what can happen when things just go badly. And I know there's a lot of factors involved there, but there's also ways of then remedying that and turning it around. There is, but I think one of the, one of the big things we need to look at in this country is that everyone focuses on winning. Completely. And we haven't built. So what's the brand persona? I'm a Bulls fan. What's the brand persona? When these Oaks are losing, we just don't go to the stadium. As opposed to, you look again, you go back to American sports and there's teams who haven't won anything in forever. Oh, if you look at the Boston Celtics, they won 20 last year, lost 53. That's not a lot of great days out, but let's look at fans. Yeah. But I mean, those guys, so, so the Americans are getting to a point now, they're able to sell their stadium on non-game days. Because people cannot get, like you leave your season ticket in your will. Wow. Because people cannot, you can't, so you could be a fan who will never ever be able to watch your team live. So now what they're doing is they're saying, come and pay X amount to watch the guys train. Come and pay X amount to walk around that's the stadium. Amazing. I mean, that is where, that's where sports is. I went to, um, when I was at Nashville, I used to travel to Amsterdam quite a bit on, on business. Yeah. So I phoned my colleague there and I said to him, Hey, bud, I wouldn't mind watching Ajax Amsterdam play. And he just packed out laughing. He was like, my man, I think they've got a 95% season ticket holder percentage. Wow. That's so helpful. So there's only like 5% of tickets available at any one time. You're coming next week and you want tickets. You're crazy. Here, we've probably got the opposite. Mm. You know, ninety-eight percent of tickets being sold on. But just like to be very, we're running out of time. Unfortunately, we're going to wrap it up. But just that one insight that we we care far too much about a team winning. We're so fickle in that respect. Like the Lions will get a good crowd this week, right? Mm. If, they, if they don't win the first game of next season, is not going to be so great. No one's going to care about the Carry Cup. But it's got to be about the whole experience. Anyway, good. Well. Where can we find more of you online? Where can we find more of you just as far as getting your insights? Because I'm sure you have, you, you share quite a lot with your massive wealth of knowledge around these things. I try. Follow us on, um, so it's at Ideation Station. There's ideationstation.co.za. In fact, yeah, we've got links on our, on our, on our website. Right. I'm on your, I'm on your site right now. You've got a few case studies of brands that you have worked with and things that you have done. So that's idea. So ideation station. It's a very, very catchy name. Can't miss that. And then personally, I mean, I'm sure you, you're too busy with the work to do much personal social mediaing. I try. I try. But, um, yeah, uh, challenging. Um, but uh, Goody Eighth Man, that's G-O-O-D-I-E, the number eight, T-H-M-A-N, uh, like the rugby position. Uh, which is what I played. Which is what you played back in the days. Back in the days when I was not as fat. Good. Well, I'd, I'd love to get you back here just for maybe a more focused uh, discussion around a couple of things. Because, I mean, I try to keep as broad as possible, but we've run out of time. I find this whole place that you you work in with fan engagements and getting it forward, what you mention as being what is possible for sport, that fascinates me. And I still always believe, even if you don't like sport, sport's a great thing to be involved in. And you've confirmed that in various innovative ways today. Thanks so much for your time. Definitely want to get you back sometime. 
would be great. I think we both need to get off right now because there's a test match taking place in an hour. And we need to work. And we need to work <laughs> when you get around that. That's the third uh, Investec test. Now, something uh, before I let you go, I found this thing recently, which I find very interesting. It is the Investec test tracker. Now, what that is is that anyone can go and find sites with stats and scorecards, that kind of stuff. But if you go to cricket.investic.co.za, there's a fantastic interactive area where you get match progress. You see exactly what's going on. There's a match tracker showing you momentum through each session. Test cricket is so vital with that. There's a wagon wheel to show what the batsmen are doing, where they're scoring all their shots. Uh, sorry, all the, the, the shots are getting them runs. There is, of course, a scorecard with various factors. And then player profiles. So you see exactly who's doing what in the series. You can compare players. All so, so simple and, of course, completely free. It's on the Investec site. Really cool thing. That's how I've been watching this series as like a third screen, second screen kind of experience. But for everything else, if you do, if you're listening live, go on to the balance.co.za right now. I've got a full, very comprehensive preview as to what's going on in this in this third test. It's going to be hugely interesting. Look out for the seamless, the dominator, a whole bunch more. I think you'll find more grass in this wicket. Slight bit of extra bounce. And if the rain can stay away, well... I'm back in the protest for this one. I'm going to play out with Gary Player being his usual old annoying self. But catch me on the, on Twitter at Follow the Bounce during the cricket test. I'll be updating you with what's going on. Otherwise, go onto YouTube, The Bounce. I can't plug that enough. Instagram, The Bounce. Otherwise, catch me here, Cliff Central, Monday to Friday, 6 until 9 on the Gareth Cliff Show. Um, again, I really have to record one of these things where I plug myself because I've got these other things and I just sell like a hard sell. Anyway, here's Gary Player doing what Gary Player does best, criticizing people about making bad nutritional choices. Thanks for joining me this week. It's a good world. Thanks so much. Catch you next week. What's this here? You haven't seen your knees in the last six years. What are you eating all this stuff for, man? It's not that bad. Hi, I'm Gary Player. We are now going to go up to fans and we're going to have a lot of fun pulling their legs, just teasing them big time about their food. Ooh, white bread, Ooh, my goodness me, fatty cheese on a fatty hamburger. You know what? Rather eat the box. What are you eating? Ooh, you know how much fat is in there? Simon, uh, what do you got here? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually drinking water. What do you got? Is that colored water? Fried in that deep fried yeah, fat. My oh, goodness me, you're not worried about getting cholesterol. No, do you have anything healthy here? You know, everybody you see today, they've got big stomachs, right? Have you seen them? Oh, so big, oh, so big. Uh, yeah. How many have you? How many have you today? Oh, I can't count up. What's this here? Well, when last did you see your knees? Long time ago. Look at this. Feel the good. Hey, say, hit it, hit it, get it hard. Harder, man. Harder, harder, harder. I'd like a nice brown bread sandwich with some Scottish salmon. Now, you have that? I don't know. Wheat grass. Have you ever heard of wheat grass? Make a promise. You'll never have a big fat stomach. You'll always exercise, yeah. run, yeah. play sports, yeah. study, honor your mom and your dad. Is that a deal? I'm going to see you next year. If you don't, cha cha cha, pa pa. Okay? <laughs> This is cliffcentral.com.